0: Welcome to Local Matters Sports. This is your host Sam Brooks. Got a, another special guest in the studio today. Good friend of mine. Good friend of the Upper Cumberland. Mr. Adam West, former coach up at Monterey High School. Been to the show several times, but welcome back to the show, Adam. Hey, I appreciate you having me again. Something we've been wanting to do for a little bit. Is basketball season now, so we get to, we get to talk a little basketball and a little interesting. You know, how is that conversation now that you're not necessarily coaching anymore as far as being a, a, a head high school boys or girls basketball coach, are you finding yourself sure watching ball more or, or less?
1: Well, this year has been kind of weird. Now last year I, I'll admit I probably watched as much film as I did when I was coaching. So maybe I was coming <laughs> off a little coaching, you know, addiction there a little bit, but, uh, cause I subscribed to NFHS, all kinds of different things to be able to watch these games on YouTube and all the Facebook live streams and all that. But, uh, Now that we've came to this year, uh, I'm driving so much to go watch my son's games, I'm killing a little time in those aspects of it. But uh, I still watch quite a bit of film. I'm fortunate enough to be able to watch games that teams he's going to play ahead, so I kind of do that. I'm that guy that just unfortunately pulls up stuff on uh, Synergy Access and things like that. Some of you that are college coaches, it's kind of like the huddle for college coaches, kind of cool. But – I watch a lot of film and a lot of games. I just enjoy sports. That's kind of our lives, always has been. And now that uh, I have nobody living in the house except for uh, my wife and myself, and uh, we have a a new dog, a little Mm -hmm. puppy we call her Scout. So uh, I got rid of an adult children, and we added
0: a a 2-year-old, basically is what everybody tells me. So, (laughs) That, That leads into my question. Good update for your family. So you and Beth are alone now. Somewhat
1: empty nesters. We got Peyton home this week. You know they got their little winter break from uh, from their season down at Tennessee Westland, and and so having him home, you know all that, and we had all the kids in the house last night, and that was kind of nice. We've uh, don't get that opportunity much anymore. So uh, you know when they're not there, when when they're there, you're like, well, are you ever going to go do something? And now when they're not there, you're like, well, we want you to stay here and you know have a little fun. And so it's been kind of nice to have them home.
0: Let's, let's catch everybody up. So Peyton's made a change, you know, this year. He's he's playing at Tennessee Westland Talk a little bit about how that happened and uh how he's been doing so far. They've been playing for a little while now and you've been traveling the roads kind of watching him.
1: Yeah, they're they're doing good. And, you know, he's uh it was a transition coming from JUCO uh, at junior college, and I think I said that last year where I filled in on that bench down there for part of the year. I got fortunate enough to do that and travel to the games with him and and then this year now he's at Tennessee Wesleyan. He had a couple offers. This happened to be the one that that uh, he was the most interested in, and he, he's been pleased with where it's at. Uh, uh, you know, he, he's he's one of those COVID kids, and with COVID, they they spent that time. I think we always forget this that uh, most of the things that went on in COVID were remote learning, he canceled uh, the state tournament that year, and then of course we went into his next year, and all of his classes at Val State were all online. So really, technically, no social interaction, like you'd think that normal teenagers and. College student had so now he's had this year where he's actually been out on his own, living on his own, and and playing basketball for Westland, getting getting a start, which is kind of cool. He's he's enjoyed that. Uh, had some games where he was really good, and had some games where it did, you know the numbers don't necessarily show. But I as a as a parent, I'm more about impact than uh, point value, and uh, his impact a lot of times has been really top shelf for me. But well,
0: he's you know he's a point guard, so pretty much a quarterback, you know, on the, on a basketball team, but. He, also a uh, pretty good shooter. So he gets a lot out of that position, I'm sure. And coming in as a freshman, you know we've all been there, uh, whether it be middle school, high school, college, whatever the situation might be. It's tough to come in as a freshman not knowing a lot of folks and, and be able to get the opportunity to start. Good thing for him is he played a couple years, and, and Coach kind of knew who he was anyway, so that helped. But still tough walking in.
1: Yeah, all these kids, we're going to – this whole era for us is going to be a little bit of an asterisk because we're going to be in that situation where these kids have – all are going to end up with an extra year. They're going to end up with that COVID. We call it the COVID year. I guess is what everybody refers to it at now. But all these kids are going to get to play five years of college basketball. Where any on that pass, they were playing four. And I know we look back at Peyton's one year. They called it the COVID year. They only played eleven games that year, uh, just by his abbreviated schedule. And they were just trying to get games in. And but he did get to play, and it was a good experience. But at the same time, the kids are older. They're going to be more experienced. They're going to be more physical. And so you're going to see that stretch as we go down, and you're going to see point values. These point numbers, uh, these records will be broken during this stretch where these kids are getting these extra years.
0: Talking to Adam West, former head basketball coach in this area at, at Monterey High School. You know, it, it's, it's funny to sit here and talk about that and look back, and it, it's, it, it feels like, you know, those, those kids were robbed a little bit, you know, in a, in a lot of ways, and uh, not really a lot of social interaction prescribed to all of us (laughs) because of a situation, but they had to live through that. So I I think I was kind of on the fence about adding a year or giving the the students another year because if you do, it affects the kids coming up, you know, below them. So that was a tough, you know, tough thought process, I'm sure, for everybody, but I think the right thing to do for all the students that were in college at that time and, and involved in that and definitely has positively affected your son. Yeah, there's two
1: things there that I think that you kind of got to remember. The COVID year created a bottleneck for players, but you know, also now we have the transfer portal rule that's kind of changed over the last few years, and now kids are kind of, uh, these colleges that you know those Division twos and NAIAs and schools like that, they're hoping for some of those kids to kind of uh, fall out of that D1 into the transfer portal or whatever and be able to pick those kids up. Well, they're always, they're all waiting on the transfer portal to see if they're going to be picked up by another D1, and so what happens is now you've got you know, the elite kids usually end up okay, no nowhere. But those kids that are in that middle of the road, they've had to kind of figure out their road. And I think it'll take another few years before that kind of cleans itself out to where kids are kind of moved on. And now we're back to what we would call normal recruiting policy. But uh, the transfer portal and the uh, NIL do, deals that are now out there for some of these things that are going on it's going to change. The way colleges recruit kids uh, and those middle-level kids, I think that, that kind of fit in that NAI Division two and Division – even some of those other divisions out there would, would build in the same boat.
0: Well, it, it's funny. You know, things have changed pretty quickly. You know, and then you throw COVID two or three years, depending on how you're looking at it. But you throw COVID in there, that so much has changed. And, and then the NIL comes in and – you know, I still don't know what to think about that. I, I think, amateur athletics, you know, should remain that way, and there it was special because of that. And, and now they've monetized it um, a little bit, which is great for the kid. I don't necessarily know how good it's going to be for the sport. But uh, what what what's your thoughts on all of that? I don't
1: think it was ever a way to avoid it. I mean, what you know, one of my good friends used to tell me all the time: there's those. There's coaches that are caught cheating and those ones who aren't caught cheating. And then that's pretty much where you're at in the the ranks. So those kids are getting money one way or the other. But I think a lot of it is as we go down the road with this, you remember when the, I mean, what is it, the NFL that does profit sharing a lot of times? It'd be nice if, (laughs) like, the lower schools are the ones that are going to suffer. They're never going to get the kind of money that it deserves. I mean, I think you look at, like, Tech would be a great example. They're not going to get kind of the funds that they would get at some of the others. But uh, some of these kids are getting like $1.6 to $2 million. That's uh, that's more money than they'd make. They'd be, it'd almost be... It wouldn't make any sense not to stay in college for four years and make that money because they may not even make that kind of money in the pros for some of them, you know, especially
0: depending on where they're going to be drafted out. That's what's amazing about it. Tennessee's got a recruit for quarterback up there; that's already, you know, making a million dollars out of high school. You know, he's not even he's not even stepped on the field yet, and the, the kids already, you know, getting some really really good money. And so I, I think there's yeah they they need to be compensated for. I mean, previously some of the kids would leave home, come to school, and you know, really not have enough money to go to the movies um, or, or wash their clothes, so that that's not right. And then on the other end of that, some kids are making bukus already and not even really proving themselves at, at that college level. But and I guess, you know, if the fans are there and the support's there to be able to do it, then so be it. You know, I don't, I don't know how healthy it is for the game, so it, it, it's going to be interesting in the next five years to see how all this pans out. Well, you know,
1: one of the things that I, I, I'm going to be pro- uh, for giving the players more money in college because I think, in, and I know everybody's going to say, well, that, that kind of defines af- amateur, amateur athletics. One of the things that we've realized over the years, and I know that some of us have sort of been around long enough to realize this, a lot of these players would weren't allowed to have a job anyway, and so they didn't have any opportunity to make any money. But uh, And then sometimes they'd be like, well, they'd let them work for the local, uh, let's just say the furniture store down the road, And the furniture store down the road would be giving those kids big money, almost as if it's from the booster. So you know, and no work, and no work. Yeah, yeah. So you know, it. I, I see it from all aspects, but I do believe that somewhere in the line, they should have probably divvied that money up a little bit better at the college. So the maybe the the AD wasn't receiving hardly the money they were supposed to receive, or the coaches, and you know, tear some of that money down to some of the players where they could have meals and a little bit better places. Because you go to places like Kentucky and you look at their uh, facilities for their athletes, unbelievable. Like it is the uh, – it makes the best hotel we've ever stayed in look like a trash heap. And, I mean, they've got players in there and they've got their own cooks and they got things like that. But then you go to a place like Tech and they're, they're eating – you know, Chick-fil-A uh, and not, not anything wrong with Chick-fil-A. I'm not saying that, but
0: hey, you love Chick-fil-A.
1: I love you. Ch- <laughs> I'm a big fan. You know that, but I mean, you know, you compare Chick-fil-A for your own chef. That's not hardly the same category and those kids obviously show for it. So
0: Man, it's a, it's a deep conversation. There's no doubt. And you know, you talked about Tennessee tech, it, they're kind of caught in the middle. They're a division one, but a low, you know, a low tier division one. So definitely probably don't have the means to be able to, to get some of those kids, but The recruiting battle, you know, hasn't changed. They're still out there trying to get those same type kids. You know, just I think it would make it a little bit tougher to sit and wait, like you said, and and trying to find if a kid's going to get the high division one or settle for a lower division one or maybe even high division two. So you play the waiting game a lot more because of all these different things that are now in play.
1: Well, you look at uh, Tech as an example, you know, they they are, like you just said, low school, but. What, what I think will happen down the road is and it makes sense to me is a lot of this conference jumping that we're seeing. It makes more sense to be a part of like the SEC if you were going to be have that opportunity as a football school because the money will be greater for those kids just because of the nature of the beast and because of the you know the uh, the being being on TV and all the, all that stuff. but I was sitting the other day at, a, at LMU I went up and watched uh, Matthew Sales, one of our former locals, fantastic uh, those of you from Luke, so I'll be proud he's done a fantastic job up there I was really pleased with the way he played that night and uh, Peyton got a chance to play against those guys up there in an exhibition game and uh, but you know uh, they used to be a NIA school and now they're a division two school and their gymnasium up there is as nice as any gymnasium as you're going to see in this area now <laughs> I don't mind telling you there's no easy way to get there so if you <laughs> ever go to watch them you'll understand but uh, but I you know these schools are kind of developing up and I, you know Funds are out there. Somebody's putting the kind of money into those places. And I think, you know, obviously tech could kind of do that. But I don't know that tech has the room for growth for some of those right. facilities. You know, there's just right. not the room to put it out there. And some of these other schools, I know Westland is the same way. There's not another place to put a bigger gym or, or that. They just don't have the, the, the land mat or the land to put things out there.
0: Yeah, it's, just, it's definitely going to be interesting. The landscape's just changing so much. Adam, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back and get right back into that discussion. Be right back. Welcome back to Local Matters Sports with Sam Brooks. I got Adam West in the studio today. We're talking some basketball, uh, moving to the Upper Cumberland area, Adam, and um, pretty unique situation that happened here recently out on the uh, the hoop. We had three of the local stars from Upper Cumberland playing at the same time, in the same gym. Uh, pretty cool for this area to be able to kind of see that happen.
1: Yeah, it was awesome. We had, uh, of course, tech got Grant Slatton, Grant Strong, uh, kid we've played against, of course, both. Of, we actually, Peyton played against both of those his senior season, obviously Grant Strong being in our conference, and Slatton, we played Sparta both times that year as well, and and Peyton got to play that night. And I, I do appreciate, uh, we had great fan support that night. We had tons of people come out just to see the game, so it was really special for us uh, as as parents and, and as a, former coach to be there but you know I, it's always nice for me now that I've gone got a chance to kind of tour with Peyton in some of these games over the last few years to see these kids that I used to coach against a little bit and you know kind of see them develop into their own deal and uh, and some of the kids that Peyton played AU with uh, we've got some of those of course you know we got Tyreek who we played against several years ago and I looked it up a little while ago you know he's having a fantastic uh, a, a year up there for University of Tennessee who played in a really tough battle the other night at Arizona and and uh, he's averaging about 11 a game up there, which, you know, for us, I always used to say in high school if he played us every night, he would <laughs> average about 45. I think that's what we held him to most times. But a great coach in there, by the way. I t- nobody ever claimed I was a defensive coach, those of you that are out there. But, uh, but you know, we saw Tyreek, and I think we saw Matthew the other day, Matt Sales, and uh, I've just seen kids here and there. And, of course, um, we have um, – uh, CJ from Warren County, that's mm-hmm. a football player down there. Played AU with Peyton. So man, it's just really awesome to see these kids kind of develop and get into their own and out there doing good stuff for the Upper Cumberland. Because for so many years we kind of we get that you know that stigma that you know athletes don't necessarily live here. And uh, to see kids go out there and, and be successful really uh, really makes me feel good about the Upper Cumberland where they're at and where they're headed. Yeah,
0: there's no doubt, and you know that that can be kind of based on the year the class the you know what crop you had coming up and all of that but had to be pretty cool for you guys to to go to tennessee tech and and uh you know not not only to see your son but some other guys there that were and and, you know i heard a lot of uh kind of response to that on facebook i I noticed that after i I didn't get to come to the game i missed it but um a lot of chatter out there that how cool that was for for them to be on the, the same floor and so how I mean, you got to talk to Peyton since, and how was it for him coming, you know, coming with Tennessee Wesley and to the hoop and, and being able to play them guys?
1: Well, yeah, he enjoyed it. He uh he loved the fact that people were there. He was, you know it's kind of cool that people coming down taking pictures with him like they did in high school. And <laughs> you know, Coach Harrell had responded on Facebook and thought he played well, and I, I actually thought he played well as uh, also. But he went there and he, they, it was an exhibition game for them. And the odd thing was they played three games that week and they had a big conference game coming up that Saturday. And so the coach was going to just pretty much pull them anyway, pull the plug and, you know, get get them all out of there. So he let him play about 20 minutes uh, in front of them. And so I thought that was kind of nice to be able to at least get that opportunity. And, of course, I don't know if you'll remember it. I know those of us that are uh, Tech alumni, such as myself, but the score at halftime I think was 31-31. to And, you know, Wesleyan had a chance to have the league going into half, which for us that was a pretty big deal. But uh, uh, we're not supposed to be in, in the same facility with those guys and, and Grant had played well. Both Grants had played well, uh, had a chance, and I think Tech might have had a guy out in the point guard spot too, or something. But uh, it was just special. And then, uh, you know, the newspaper put a picture out there where it actually had Peyton on the cover, so it's kind of cool there as well. But I, as a parent, it's just, you know, it's like I told Peyton all along, and I know a lot of us are out there trying to figure out, you know, we want our kids to play sports or whatever. But uh, ultimately, I, I, I told him. Him playing college athletics will be up to him, not up to me. I, I don't. He doesn't have to live it for me. But I told him, I said, as long as it's your dream, we'll chase it with you. And then that's you know that's what we've done. And we've been fortunate enough to be able to go to all these games. And I actually had to miss a couple this year, which is odd because I really haven't ever missed one of his games up to this point. But uh, gonna have to miss a couple more down the road because Peyton's on Eastern time now, <laughs> and some game in South Carolina in the middle of the week is almost impossible for. For me to be able to make it too, so uh, we're we're just excited and and I like I said it was a very special night at Tech that night to be able to, to experience that with all the Monterey people that showed up. So
0: we're talking to Adam West again, uh, former head coach in this area at Monterey High School, and talking a little basketball right now as we as we get into you know almost the end of December already, which I I can't believe this year has gone this fast. But so let's talk about high schools and local talent that that's out there right now i know you you definitely keep up with basketball and you're you're you still talk to coaches and and uh watch a lot of basketball so what's it looking like right now for the upper cumberland as far as uh kids with potential to move on
1: well i haven't had a chance to see as much this year just for the reason of just travel time with Peyton. so uh I've watched a couple online. I, I do believe that uh, Coldwell High School has a couple kids. I mean, obviously, Josh, uh, the Herd kid's really good. Uh, he's got a good talent. Uh, the Caps kid at Crossville, I've seen him You know, last year in the state tournament, played well. I think the other night both of those guys had 40 in the game. Either either they can really score or, or they can't really guard. One of the two things was probably going on there, but uh, obviously 40 points in the game is pretty significant in any game for, for two players on opposite teams. Uh, but those two guys are good, I think. And you know, Bobby uh, down there, he has always got guys ready, and usually he'll have a shooter or two on that team. And I think he's had a couple down there. I I, I know the little Nash kid, uh, uh, AJ's been down there, been doing good as well. And uh, it, but like I said, I just haven't had a chance as much as I wanted to. Uh, I've tried to keep up with my former um, my alma mater, so I really go back and watch their games on Huddle uh, here and there. But man, it's it's been tough uh, when I'm spending. Three to four hours on the road to go to a game, and then three to four hours to come back from a game, and then a couple of hours while I'm at the game. I kind of it'll eat up a day pretty quick. So
0: yeah, don't be don't be doing that while you're driving. That's probably mm. not going to be good. Yeah, that's, true. that's true. Um. So lo- looking, you know, some there's some polls around now. You know, you got uh, upper Reporter reporters doing a good job, put some uh, uh, games on video and sharing that out, and then, you know, kind of. Uh, Diving into some high school stuff as well as Stonecom is with the uh, sports stuff they're doing for a local high school has been really good. You know, that that media coverage has continued to increase as time has gone on, which is great for these kids. So, you know, basically as of December 19th of what I saw today, top five girls teams and uh, not talking about classification just in this area of the Upper Cumberland. They've got uh, Cookville girls first, White County girls second, York third, Upperman fourth, and Livingston fifth. I don't think there's no surprise in the five there. Um, but uh, what's your thoughts there about the order?
1: I think they're all there. Of course, y'all, y- if you look on it right now, of course, Cookville's done really well. They've, they've kind of uh, – Not. I don't think everybody knew what to expect of them from last year. Right. It was such a great year last year, and they have came back, and obviously uh, Jamie's done a great job over there getting them bounced back and, and, and per- playing well. And then you look the other night, they had a big showdown, I hear, down there at uh, Upperman. They had a Upperman-White County showdown where uh, White County was fortunate enough, I think, to come away with the win. And that might have, I think, people weren't sure how that was going to pan out. But uh, that'll probably be another battle the next time they play. And, you know, it's crazy, but we're really uh, a month and a half away from uh, tournament play for, for those high school teams. Uh, and that, that just kind of, I know his coaches are probably sitting out there going, don't mention it. But, uh, you know, we're all about getting better throughout the year, and I think uh, Livingston's done well as far as that goes. Um, but I, I've had a chance to see a couple of those games. I watched a little bit of that uh, Upperman game the other night. It so.
0: Look, looks like we just kind of picked up where we left off last year a little bit. You know, Upperman winning uh, the state tournament again, but, you know, Cookville um, being at the top of that list, but you got White County, you got York Um uh, again, Upperman and then Livingston. That, I mean, year in year out, that's that's the teams to beat in in this area, no doubt. So, little change there. I'm sure to get more interesting as you said as time goes on. We're gonna we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna come back and analyze uh, the boys' teams and kind of see where they're at and have a little conversation about that. So, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with Adam West. Hey, welcome back to Local Matter Sports. Talking with Adam West today, kind of my basketball guru for the Upper Cumberland areas. With his coaching experience up there on the hill at Monterey High School. And as we transition to the boys' side, the top five around the Upper Cumberland, no classification considered, it looks like uh, right now, Upperman's number one, Cookville number two, Stone goes three, Livingston is four, and White County's five. And uh, looking at, you know, reasoning behind that, uh, Upperman just now lost their first game, and it was to a team that was undefeated down in Florida. So they've come out with a very strong start this year. Yeah,
1: yeah, Bobby Bobby does a good job, which we all know that. I mean, he's done a good job over the years, and I think a lot of that uh, he had some returning guys that came back that could play. And I, like I told you, the, I do believe that the Nash kid, I don't know if he's back yet or not, but I know I saw the other day where he's still in a boot, and yeah, that will affect him because he really has that ability to separate their defense and shoot the ball really well at a high rate. And uh, when you lose a score like that, sometimes it takes you a, day or, you know, a game or two to kind of figure out how you're going to kind of recover that and, at Cookville, obviously, they got they got two or three kids that I think can really play, and they've got some. They've got kids around them that have got a lot of experience, and uh, with Heard in there, and, and uh, the Oakley kid, I think is pretty good, and uh, just throughout the list, they just they defend well and they get after it. Uh, but uh, then you got Stone, Coach Caps up there, and his son, and they brought back that point guard from last year as well. They've got tons of talent, and they, I mean, our Upper Cumberland boys for the last. Seven, eight, nine years—you go back—has just really kind of taken it up a notch, which is nice because you know, like I t- said a minute ago, one of the things that I know when we first went to the state tournament and played the the Memphis team in '18, everybody was like, "Well, you just really don't have a chance. You just, you know, you might as well just go down there and kind of cash it in." And and I think we're at a point now where these teams are able to compete. You just talked about the girls' team a minute ago. Well, we've had two, three, four, five girls' teams in the state tournament every year, and every that year. hasn't changed. And and they're just. You know the talent levels there, and you know college players are there. We got girls that are playing college ball. I know uh, Coach Lago's not here, but uh, his niece is playing at Tech, and so you've got all these kids that are there. And the boys' talent has now gotten to that level where I think it can be competitive, and, and going and playing in those tournaments like they're playing, like Upperman playing that undefeated team. That's what makes our teams better. You know, those kind of those kind of games aren't the ones that necessarily constitute whether we're going to. Uh, win or lose the state tournament but it's going to create us a, a thought process on how to play through a tournament and two or three games in a row and when tournament starts you better be ready and because it's going to come fast and furious got to be really able to play at that time and all those teams on there are in a good place and coach Mitchell does a good job as well we didn't didn't say a whole lot about that but
0: yeah no no doubt you know top five in the area and and i, I think probably from what i've read and what i've seen so far right now uh you know as the first kind of quarter or half of the season josh Hurd seems to be Playing the best point wise, statistic wise, out, out of most of the players in that Brooklyn area. Yeah, he's
1: long, athletic, shoots the ball well, and can attack the rim. Those are those are all all aspects. And I don't think he's hand dominant, so that kind of helps out a lot. Uh, and I think he's had a chance to play. And I don't know what, what his expectations will be at the end of the postseason or the season's over. But uh, a lot of times, kids like that have a chance. They'll play, you know, with a good AU group that'll really give them a chance to develop into, you know, against good competition and kind of be measured at that moment. And so I hope he does. And I, and I guess I'd be amiss if I failed to met, uh, mention Linus uh, up at Monterey. Monterey, you know, went 10-0. and And, of course, Coach Martin called me. We uh, we had gone 11-0, like <laughs> four, 14 or something like that, whatever year it was. And I remember that year very very vividly uh, as far as I'd see people out and they'd be like, hey, good job, you're 11-0 and or whatever. You know, when we'd have our little streak going. And so I was like, you know, I didn't. Didn't think anything about it. And after we have gone down the road a little bit. But uh, I know Linus was like, well, we're, and I told him, I said, I hope you get it. And I said, I hope you have 20 wins in a row, whatever. But uh, <laughs> they were unfortunate. They went over to Van Buren the other night and got sniped. And they got them. They shot the ball well and played well. I actually did watch that game as well. Yeah, so, I mean, that,
0: that's that's awesome to, to get started like that. and Him giving you a call to talk <laughs> talk a little bit about you know your experience there. Maybe picking your, your brain a little bit. Yeah, no doubt, Adam. I mean, it, same thing here. Kind of the same team's. Year in, year out. White County lives in the Stone Memorial. Um, looks like Stone, you know, I, I think dominating, not not really yet. St. Cookville, too. They've been in some closer games that you you would probably think they would be more dominant. But, you know, Coach may be playing a lot of kids to get them some experience. You never know what's going on in the coach's mind, you know, in, in some games like that. So, uh, it would be interesting to get into the, um, you know, the postseason. That's always the funnest part of the year. And, you can throw, as they say all the time, you can throw all the records out because a lot of weird things will happen then. And you know, really, everybody's playing for the postseason. That, that's what your motivation is. How did how did you approach that as a coach? You know, I'll give you two situations: a young team wanting to get better, or a more experienced team that's good.
1: Well, the eighteen would be the perfect example of the experienced team. So let me start with that one first because I've been on both sides of that. And the eighteen team, when we were experienced, we walked in, and I I remember taking. A pitcher and I'd watch them scrimmage and play against each other. And I said, you know what? I said, if I can get out of the way and kind of keep them growing <laughs> and really develop them and be prepared for games, we're going to be good. And I told them, I said, you know, I said, this is what a state tournament team will look like. And you know, of course, lo and behold, we were kind of prophetic, I guess. In the, the beginning, you have been bad if we weren't right. But as far as that team goes, you know, you just got to learn how to get them to challenge each other every day. And, I mean, you do it with every team. But with that team, I had to make them compete against each other. Then I go to the 20 team, who most of those guys had been with me. We had some young kids on that as well. But uh, that team, when we got there, they were so competitive. They were ultra competitive. Like, we could have thrown a nickel out on the floor and everybody would have dove on it. You know, it had been that kind of thing. But I think when you have a young team, you're going to try to uh, keep things in perspective because young teams are going to have, uh, letdowns. They're going to have uh, just moments of just not good. Uh, and I think you go back to what you just said a second ago about these games that were close. As a coach, I would love to have every game most somewhat close, not not necessarily the ones that we should really kind of get to handle it, but those close games are the ones that sharpen you for the ones down the road in the tournament that you know you can win. And you're like, you know what, we can handle this. It happens all the time. We play uh, one of the things that I used to do was called time and score stuff. And we would kind of schedule things within practice, time and score, so kids would learn how to not basically freak out when the clock would go down to four, five, six, eight seconds, whatever it was. And so we kind of did that a lot. And I think that's one of the biggest things. But the experienced teams, they handle those moments, so you don't have to worry about that. So the young teams, you really got to practice that for them.
0: That's how they get there, though. You know, everybody's young at a certain time, and and you're still find yourself coaching the the same uh, techniques to get them where they need to be, no matter if they're playing with an older team or not. So kind of the same thing so let's jump to tournament time and and uh you know gosh this year's flying by so fast it'll be here before you know it we're almost to christmas now so uh it's not gonna be long till we're we're talking about that more but who who do you see coming out of you know cookville is is in the, the higher district based on the population you you know and i'm talking girls now white county's strong in that conference also and then you got york upperman and livingston so who do you see coming out of that one has got a good chance to to go far this year in the postseason?
1: Well, I think York uh, girls are fantastic. We watched them play the other night. Uh, my my oldest son is actually the assistant coach for Clay County. Got a chance to see them, uh, the baby girl firsthand. She's really fantastic. Uh, uh, getting a high-level recruit at that level for a sophomore, it's really, really crazy. But. I, I will be surprised if their skill set's not such in such a way that, you know, they were in the state runner-up last year uh, and really kind of didn't look like they were going to falter there at one time and kind of, you know, got it, put it up on their and didn't, didn't perform as well in the state championship. But I think they will. I, I think uh, some of the other teams, uh, it really depends on how their region and turn district plays out, and they already know that. I mean, Every coach knows that if we get in this opposite side of the region, so most of the time we won't fear the region, but we'll have to play one of our better teams from our district. And sometimes that's the case, especially for that. Uh, it'll be that way for Upperman and White County and those teams to try to avoid as they go down the road in the region.
0: It, it appears all of them you know, have the potential to move on and, and go very far, especially on the uh, women's side, because girls basketball in the Upper Cumberland is probably some of the best in the entire state, if not the southeastern United States. And so how much of that's got to do with, you know, skill? How much of that's got to do with a lot of luck? you got to have a lot of luck to get to the goal ball, no matter who you are. Um, so, you know, how does that weigh in on a coach's mind? Well, you, you, you just – you try to control the, the controllables.
1: That's what we say all the time. You know, we try to control the things that we can, and, and that includes free throws. When you get to tournament time, we break it down to real simple numbers. Uh, obviously, you have to defend – you have to rebound. You have to make free throws. Make you know the little things there. Work on those fundamentals, and then when you kind of get everybody thinks, well, I got to work on the best X's and O's and all that. And that's cool to have a backdoor play when it matters, and you can score an easy layup. But uh, ultimately, I think the thing is is to make sure that you have people in a situation where uh, they're going to do the these things really well. And uh, I know that my better years of tournament runs, we'd shoot about 80% from the line or greater, and that's a big deal. We'd defend. We'd rebound. And uh, we'd win those 50-50 balls more times than not. And we We didn't turn the ball over. And uh, when you do that, you're going to have a chance. And our girls, you're talking about our girls' conference. Well, I mean, I coached girls for seven years. And when I coached, even at that time, I had some talented players. And, you, and we played Clark Range. Well, four out of my seven years of coaching girls' basketball, the state tournament or uh, the state champion came from our conference. <laughs> I just, I, I, it blows me away to think about that at that time. but. Uh, I know uh, I didn't sleep very well. I can remember, <laughs> but uh, but you know it's, our talent level has just and girls has always been there. First of all, uh, they they're they're playing A.U., They're playing travel ball. They're getting better there. But the coach's talent is exceptional. Like uh, this is not a, a place for the faint of heart. As far as female coaches go, you you better be willing to put in the time. and You better be willing to put in the study to figure out what this coach is going to do to you or going to try to do to you. And, and be prepared for that. And, and I think the boys has gotten to that point where where there's not any easy nights. Which I used to say that all the time. Sometimes there was not. We have a coach that kind of we call them drive by coaches. They'd come through and they'd coach for one year and then they'd leave. Right. And so you knew they weren't really invested. And uh, in, but nowadays it's it's not that anymore. We we have great talent and people are really kind of uh, these coaches that are these ads at the school level are trying to get the best coaches to to help their teams be successful for the exposure
0: of their school. Yeah, no doubt. And- It's it's good times. I mean, uh, basketball on both sides of girls and the boys is is looking really nice here in the Uppercrime area. And as we get into tournament time, it's going to get interesting. I love that time of year, not only for high school, but, uh, you know, college basketball. I'm not a big fan of the pro (laughs) game, but college and high school is great to just get out and go watch a game. So if you you guys out there get a chance to go watch some of these young kids play at the high school level, uh, get out there and give them uh, some support. No matter who you're for, and, and uh, let them know you're supporting them. Well, Adam, it's been great to have you again. It, it this always goes too fast, but it's uh, it's been good to share your basketball knowledge with everybody out there. And we'll definitely uh, toward the end of the season, we start the tournament, we'll get back get you back on the show and talk a little bit more about you know where we are at that time and how things have changed. But appreciate your time and have an awesome day. And we look forward to talking to you again. Yeah,
1: hey, I appreciate you. Thanks,
0: Sam.